Sounders, keep your shades anchored and where they belong during life's greatest feats. Head to soundergoods.com and use promo code KTTC to get 10% off and free shipping with any order. You're listening to the Keef to the City podcast. Here's Neil Keith. All right, so opening day is finally upon us, or, or just about to be upon us. Uh, after this weekend, the Yankees uh, will be in the Bronx on Monday afternoon to uh, play the Toronto Blue Jays and end what's been another long, grueling offseason following back-to-back seasons without uh, postseason baseball for the Yankees, without October baseball at Yankee Stadium. And joining me today uh, to talk some Yankees baseball with the season about to to get going is uh, Bald Vinny, Vinny Milano. Uh, you know him from uh, the right field bleacher creatures in Section 203 at the stadium. Vin, how's it going today? Uh, finally getting some nice weather and baseball's almost back. Absolutely. I think the, the, the surest sign that baseball's upon us is that, is that we get the podcast. I believe this is like our our fourth year that we're doing the uh, pre-opening day a uh, little bit get on the air. and That's really what gets me going. You're my first real interview of the season. <laughs> well, I didn't know because uh, last time we talked was September 24th uh, with uh, Derek Jeter's career winding down, your career in uh, leading roll call and uh, the Bleacher Creatures winding down. And I thought maybe, you know, now that the, the winter's passed, it's it's finally turning around here with the 50 and 60 degree weather, baseball's back. I thought maybe you get the and uh, the retirement was a little premature. Well, you know, uh, there's it, it, a complex story, as most stories are. Um, you know, I kind of fill you in a little bit on where I am in, in my life. Uh, I was working last summer, and unfortunately, the company I was working for didn't really like that I was double dipping. Uh, <laughs> in particular, they didn't like that I was double dipping and then going on sports radio during business hours and promoting double dipping. Um, so, kind of, you know, some of my appearances on. You know, when we were promoting the A-Rod shirt towards the end of the year, uh, kind of got me in a little bit of hot water. Uh, but the unfortunate part was, by, by that time, I already, already given up my tickets for this year. Uh, so I kind of landed in the unfortunate spot where I was without a job and without tickets. So uh, I'm kind of hanging in that limbo right now. I mean, I still have the T-shirt stand. We'll still be open uh, opening day right outside of Billy's Sports Bar. We still got some new stuff coming out. Um, you know, but where I'm going to be at the game, I really don't know. Uh, I've been gifted a ticket for opening day. I'm not really sure if I'm going to use it. Uh, if I do, I'm not really sure if I'm going to be in for roll call. I mean, part of the reason uh, why I gave up the tickets in the first place was, was being ready to move on from being that guy. You know, uh, it's put my time in and tried to take it where I wanted it to go and it kind of didn't really go there and just kind of done with it. But in the same breath, I'm that guy, you know, and it's <laughs> who I am and it's what I do. And, you know, I you either grin and bear it or you, you try to move along. And uh, unfortunately, the, the circumstances are what they are. I mean, it's not like the worst thing in the world. You know, I could be, could be out on my butt doing nothing, but, uh, um, you know, we're going to kind of play it by year on Monday and head up there. I got, you know, a, a new set of hands helping me out. So it's going to be um, an interesting day to say the least. I have a, a strong feeling I will wind up inside. Uh, whether or not we roll call, I think that's really going to be like a bleacher creature decision. That's not really going to be a ball day decision. Uh, I don't think it's really up to me anymore. I think it's like the, kind of the group's got to decide what we do. Well, uh, would that just be the end of roll call period? I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's so different 
now. I mean, the face of our team is completely different. Uh, a lot of the guys that we know and used to hang out with aren't on our team anymore. You know, I, I was thinking about it a lot the past couple of weeks. Like, this is the first time in my entire life uh, where I'm actually paying attention to what other teams are doing just because there are players on that team that I've developed relationships with that I want to check in and it's, you know, keep tabs on them. You know, like it started with Swisher, you know, and now D Rob's gone, and I mean, even Preston Claiborne's gone. <laughs> like, like it goes, like everybody we know is is like all of our friends, quote unquote, baseball friends, uh, seem to have kind of gone. Um, when in reality, it's really not that many. You know, it, it just seems like the, the bigger guys make it seem like a lot. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I don't even know if like half the new guys even know what we do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it always used to from, from what we heard, heard as fans. Like Cheater was the guy who told the new guys, "Hey, by the way, these guys out in the bleachers are going to chant your name. Don't be a fool. Make sure you turn around and wave." You know, now that he's not here, does anybody do that anymore? <laughs> I mean, we're we're just fans. You know, we don't do any. We're not official. You know, we don't work for the team. We don't have any. Per- you know, we go out there and we make some noise. Um, so who knows what these new guys know? I mean, our, our middle infield, you think Didi Gregorius knows to turn around? <laughs> well, to hear you talk about coming back and, uh, you know, maybe not being a fully in retirement. Um, cause when we talked, it was sort of the end of the Jeter era, the end of, uh, the roll call of bleacher creature era with you leaving. And now to hear you saying this, I almost feel like Jeter's name's going to get announced at opening day and I'll be starting at shortstop. No, I, I wish, man. I wish I could turn back the clock and make that make that the case. And believe me, even more, I wish I could have been able to you know pursue the other career and walk away. Because really, I'm kind of tired of doing it. You know, like it, it's fun and we have a great time. But really, it's the crowd out there is very, very different from when I first started the business and I first started sitting out there. Most of my friends that I really what we created the Bleacher Creatures about was was sitting with people you like and hanging out with your friends and having a really good time. And all those friends are not really going anymore. And I, I find that I'm sitting by myself more and more at games, uh, especially on the weekends, because a lot of the season ticket holders, you know, it's a beautiful Saturday. They want to be with their families. They want to be out. And believe me, I would love to be out and be out with my family and doing, doing fun things. But, uh, you know, I, literally, and you, you follow me on Twitter and Instagram, you, you see I post photos where literally three rows will be empty. You know, at, on a first pitch on a Saturday, and I'm like, what am I doing here, man? You know, yeah. like I'm getting on a bench to, to yell for five, ten seconds, like, and then I, I sit here and I'm going outside to try to hump some t-shirts for who? For the dwindling fans that aren't really coming out and hanging out anymore? You know, it's just, it's different. It's not what it was before, and believe me, if, if I could have ridden off in the sunset with Cheater, you definitely wouldn't have seen me back. I, can't, I, I, I swore up and down last year. Uh, that the first time I'd be back was Bernie Williams Day. Uh, and like I said, I, I, until about yesterday and about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I didn't have a ticket. And the only reason I didn't say anything yesterday is because it was April 1st. I didn't think anybody believed me because I <laughs> like to pull a little April Fool's once in a while. So, uh, yeah, I, who knows what's going to happen on Monday. We'll, we'll see. It's, we'll kind of play it by ear. Well, you bring up an interesting point there about uh, you know posting the pictures where the bleachers are empty, or um, obviously the seats between the bases are empty a lot because of the ridiculous prices they go for. But you sort of 
became a creature, started attending the games right at you know at the height of uh, when the core four era was starting, and when when the upper deck used to be empty in the Mattingly and and uh, error and and Dave Winfield days, and then it sort of became uh, you know insanely hard to get tickets um, for Yankees games before the secondary market took off, and they were drawing you know four, over four million uh, fans a year for a while, and now it's sort of gone back to. Not as bad as it was, I guess, uh, you know, towards towards that Mattingly era in the late 80s, early 90s. But it, it's certainly not what it was, uh, you know, 03, 04, 05, 06 when oh, the stadium was full every not. night. Yeah, and you could definitely feel the desperation uh, almost, you know, with on, uh, from the Yankee side. Uh, again, we all are kind of tuned into the social media and, you know, we're tuned into the other side, too. So we kind of know what's going on. And, you know, what, what the Yankees are doing on, during the Subway Series is kind of blew me away. You know, Friday night, we have a section and a half of Mets fans coming in. That's like college basketball. <laughs> like all of a sudden, like the opposing team gets their own cheering section. You, you talk back to like when tickets were at a premium and a demand, um, when the Subway Series first started kicking off, one of the rituals for the bleacher creatures was to camp out in the middle of February outside of, of what then was Shea Stadium uh, in order to get group sales. Um, that's how they allow a lot of the tickets because they were in such a demand and you were only allowed a hundred per game, a hundred per game, right? We had to sleep outside in the middle of February. You know what it's like to be outside of an airport <laughs> in the middle of February, <laughs> literally out in the freezing cold. Uh, we did it for about six years in a row and we were only allowed to buy a hundred tickets. The Yankees sold like 1600 tickets to a Friday night game to a bunch of Mets fans. Like, come on! I, 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 I get it, and I understand you want to sell the tickets, and but, but come on, you can't. You tell me you can't put fifteen hundred Yankee fans up there. Yeah, and I, I wondered why why it's become the way it is and maybe it's because they the they're overcharging maybe it's because um you know people can sell their tickets on the ticket exchange or on StubHub or eBay but and I guess you know the way people view baseball now where you know you could watch it on a huge HD TV and it's better than being at the game if you don't have a great seat or you could watch it on your iPad or have the MLB TV package and uh it just seems like you know baseball as a whole and I know from you know going to college in Boston and I still go up there um for all the Yankee series throughout the season and the tickets I mean you know, back in say oh five oh six, you know, right right at the height of the rivalry, you couldn't get you couldn't get an obstructed view seat for less than one hundred and fifty dollars. And now you could go up yep. there in the day of the game buy a thirty dollars ticket. So it seems yep. like it's all around baseball. It's magnified because it's the Yankees. But I don't know. I mean, I feel like you're more tuned into that than than anyone. Do you have you know what's your theory on why why it's become? Well, the way I'll, it give, has? I'll give you my opinion on on the ticket price thing. I think a lot of fans use that as an excuse. Um, Yankee games are not really overpriced. I mean, yes, you're not going to sit in premium seating. You're not going to get what you used to get. You know, that's what I hear all the time. You know, we used to be here. We used to get this for this price. And now, now we're up here. Well, yeah, that's, that's what's going to happen. But you can't tell me it's not a value. For $20, you know, for a bleacher seat, I get a seat. Standing room is more expensive than a bleacher seat. You know what I mean? 20 yeah. bucks is a great value. That's almost like comparable to a movie ticket. You know, you're not going to see a concert or a band for 20 bucks. Concessions are a little overpriced, but I think that caters to, you know, a different market. You have to be have the foodie thing now. Um, ballpark fare is in. You know, but for your fan that goes more than once, I think you spend the money inside the stadium one or two times. Then after that, you kind of get a little hit to the game, and you know that there's a food town around the corner. You can go buy some sandwiches at the deli and bring all your food in on a Saturday afternoon instead of shelling out 50 bucks. You know, and, and save that money for for other things. So, 
you know, I think there's a smart way to do it for fans, but I agree with you that the demand uh, and the availability have definitely changed the complexion. You can go out on a Saturday, especially day of game. Um, you know, back in the day, the only time you got a day of game ticket was when you came up to the stadium and dealt with the scalpers on the street. Now, up to two hours before, you can just print your ticket out at home and you get insanely great deals because people don't want to lose the money. You know, season ticket holders, you pay for your ticket whether you're going or not. And if it's a day and you know two weeks in advance you're not going and that ticket sits on Snow Hub, you're like, I'm going to take a bath either way, you know, and you sell it for under face value, um, that devalues everything else, you know, and, and it just kind of makes it tough all around, uh, just as an economic standpoint for, you know, the stadium grounds in, in general, the bars, the concessions, uh, everybody outside, things like myself. Um, yeah, it kind of affects the whole the whole stadium economy. Yeah, and I, I know uh, at least when it gets to you know midsummer um, and you got those afternoon games uh, like the Thursday one o'clock games, you could. I mean, there's times you can go on like the Tick Exchange or StubHub and you pay a dollar and you, and you can get into the game. Seriously, that's ridiculous. You know, I mean, it's like really, it's crazy. So I get the the affordability thing. Yeah, you're not really going to sit the 100 levels. Uh, you know, for anything under 50, 60 bucks, <laughs> that just doesn't happen. It's not, it's not like that anymore. Um, you know, but for 50, 60 bucks, you get yourself a decent ticket in the 300 level. You know, you can be behind the plate. You know, 420, I think, is the best section, uh, you know, outside of 203 for, for a view. You know, it's a better for that perspective than the old stadium, in my opinion. Uh, but, you uh, I'm just, what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know back in September uh, when we talked about, uh, you know, how how the stadium has changed and how the bleachers have changed and how, you know, well, what we thought at the time was the end of an era, but, you know, maybe you're starting to back up. And I, when I think back to those days, um, you know, when I was in high school and uh, the early 2000s sitting out there, uh, you know, for the first time, with, you know, without parents bringing to the game and you could go to the game by yourself with your friends. And uh, and to think back of, you know, watching people, whether it's, you know, sneaking in uh, flasks or smoking weed in the bleachers or the chants and everything, what's the, what's the number one thing you miss that you can't do now that you used to be able to do? Uh, I think the biggest thing that I miss the most is that people used to come up from the the, uh, the ramps and walk in front of you and then walk up to your seats. Now people come in from the back and half the entertainment uh, was each other. You know, who came in late, who's going out to gossip with who, who's stumbling where. You know, you come in the fourth inning and you're just stumbling in and you're like, oh, look at this guy, you know. <laughs> there used to be so many dumb little, you know, jokes and riffs on half the people that were in there when the game was terrible, you know, and I, I think I missed that the most, the freedom to be funny. Uh, like now everybody feels like you say anything remotely off color and security is all over you. And I think it's comical uh, that Yankee Stadium is hosting soccer. Uh, some of the stuff that's going on, like yeah. there was a, a there is a section that's you know, like their supporter section, and I'm apologizing in advance. I know not a damn thing about soccer, uh, but there was like a, a disclaimer sent out about, oh, please, you know, just note if you're in this area, uh, you know, that there could be uh, obnoxious songs and questionable language and singing and dancing. And I'm like, oh, oh how can make it to do it? Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know how can make it to do it? And we can't. You know, uh, I want because it's expected in soccer because that's what people are used to. And, you know, people aren't used to that in baseball. They used to come in at a quiet time and you have 
fun and I mean, how many times have you gone to baseball games and find people sleeping or reading a book you know uh, it's it's a different atmosphere what we had or have or want to have in the bleachers and um you know i don't know if that's still conducive to, to what yankee stadium wants so uh, i guess only time will tell us really you know it's, what's going to dictate are, are the fans you know uh i you could take coming up monday one of two ways uh i think throughout most of the winter and uh, this is just a sense I had and a, a sense I've gotten from other Yankee fans, you know, up until kind of like this week or so, Yankee fans were stuck in the past. You know, everything was about what we used to have and the guys we used to want. And, you know, even when we didn't really make a big splash this winter, we didn't really sign a big name or, or really come out and do anything quote unquote big or Yankee. The biggest news we had was that we're honoring three guys who retired. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, like that's the biggest news we had. Is like everything is about our history, and I kind of want to look at it like, hey, we have a huge future right now. I mean, look at all these question marks that are good question marks. Yeah, we have you know the quote unquote you know guys that are just along for the ride. I don't want to use the term dead weight because really nobody on the team is dead weight, but there are guys that are you know towards the end of their ex- expenditures with the Yankees, and you have quite the opposite going along, especially when you've been to our bullpen and the middle of our infield. There's a lot of young guys, a lot of young talent, and I hope Yankee fans get excited about that. You know, I, and I don't know if I really get the sense that they are. I would hope that they are, because really that's what baseball's about. You get excited about the young kids, and you get to build the, the dynasties that we live to live through rather you know I, I feel like we get so impatient every yankee fan wants immediate now win now all the time now 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 especially from you know kind of like our age group and you know under but that, that's what they're used to seeing they're used to the winning and it's really not like that and especially you know how competitive baseball is overall um you know i i think it's exciting that we have some young stuff. Now, having said that, of course, you want to go out over the winter and you want to sign Roncada, but you know we don't shell out that extra cash. So Yankees fans are like, "Well, wait, are you talking about being excited for the future building, or do you want to pat and stay patient?" And it's kind of hard when you know the team is throwing those mixed messages to the fans, and the fans don't know how to react. You know what I mean? I agree. Because if you make a, you, you you go in all in on this kid, and the you know fans say, "All right, cool." We see a plan. You know what I mean? Because the plan that Yankee fans were looking at before was, you know, all right, our captain's walking out, and, oh, wait, wait, what do you mean we, we traded Martin Prado? Because <laughs> that's really what, what threw the red flag for everybody. It's like, wait a second. It, are we reloading, or are we gearing up for two or three years from now? And I think it takes a lot to swallow that you're gearing up for really two or three years from now. But the only thing that's saving us the AL East is weak. Nobody's running away with it. That's you know, true. we have a we have a legit shot. Everybody stays healthy. We're okay. So overall, in the grand scheme of things, Yankee fans should be really fired up that we have a shot. I agree. And you you talk about how Yankees fans sort of talk about what they had in the past and how great things once were. And uh, I, I think that's a great point. And uh, I haven't really heard anyone, you know, sort of describe it that way. And you talked about um, how they sort of, uh, whether it's um, to try to get more fans in the stadium later in the summer, but uh, retiring Bernie Williams number, which obviously was going to happen at some point, and Jorge Posada and also Andy Pettit. Um, for you, someone who, who sat out there and watched those guys uh, pretty much every single home game they ever played, 
played. You know, I obviously thought Bernie should get in. I also thought Posada. I was sort of on the fence about Pettit, but do you agree with all three of them getting their numbers retired? Uh, I am also on the fence about Pettit uh, for probably the same reasons that most other people are. Uh, it, you know, not for me really. It's not the PED stuff. It's no, neither for left. me. It's that he left. You know, uh, if he had stayed here, and I know he wanted to be at home, and then whatever. I, I love Andy though. Uh, again, I have a, a flawed opinion on this because I've had the opportunity to meet some of these guys. Uh, Andy is the nicest guy in the world. You know, uh, I, it's like the greatest honor for him. There's nobody in, that I've ever met who would be more appreciative of the honor than a guy like Andy. So I see it. I get it. Uh, as a Yankee fan, I kind of look at all this as like the, the bookend to that quote-unquote generation. You know, Yankee, <clears throat> Yankee history seems to be broken up a lot into generational things, uh, you know, in quote-unquote eras. Uh, you know, you have the Babe Ruth era, like the 50s era, you have the Mantle era, you know, then the 78 era, like the, like the late 70s era, and then going into this Jeter dynasty era. And I think this is kind of the bookend to that. And you close the door, and again, you start to build on the future. And who knows, maybe we're starting the Didi Gregorius era or the Nathan Avaldi era or, or the Dylan Batances era. I would, I, you know, these are the guys that, that could hopefully be our future. You know, and be the next guys out in Monument Park 10, 15 years from now. Who knows? Well, uh, with Jeter gone now and everyone, the last member of the core four gone, there's, uh, for the first time since uh, 95 when Jeter sort of became the face after Mattingly, um, there's really no face. And I've been saying, I guess the face now is A-Rod. And I remember texting you, you know, at the end of last season uh, when uh, to, to get you uh, hooked up with Francesa to get him that A-Rod yep, forgive yep. shirt. Um, are you yep. on board with A-Rod being the person who, um, you know, when, when someone's asked, what do you th- who do you think of when you think of the Yankees and, and A-Rod is now the face absolutely love it absolutely you know <laughs> you know how, how i feel about it first of all obviously i have a business to run and i have kids to feed and the mortgage to pay that's number one but number two i mean i like to support guys who need support you know i like to get behind the guy that everybody hates for no logical reason really other than you know he lied a couple of times i mean he didn't really lie to me personally i'm not naive enough that I believe really anything over the course of the last 10 or so years. I mean, stuff that goes that people say in press conferences, or you believe in the paper, like I don't really believe half that stuff to begin with. So I really don't feel like he lied to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't feel like he besmirched the pinstripes, which is a thing that people really like to throw out there a lot. Um, I like to get, I kind of like to piss people off by, by supporting them, you know, because it, it really does get people riled up. Uh, I have never, ever, ever in my tenure in the bleachers or as a Yankee fan ever gotten hate mail, ever, until I came out with that forgive shirt. <laughs> uh, it really blows my mind how much people dislike him. And really for why, I, I kind of feel like it's no really good reason. Like, yeah, like, all right, he lied to his boss, you know, and I've lied to my bosses a couple of times. Uh, you know, he's done it a couple of times, right? I've done it a couple of times. I'm sure most people might have done it a couple of times. But, but really, who did he hurt? He's only hurt himself. You know, he's done damage to his body. He's done damage to his name and his reputation. He's done damage to his chances of getting into the Hall of Fame. For your entertainment. Exactly. <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? And for Yankee fans to sit there and say, hey, oh, this guy is this and he's the that, you know, he's not. 
<laughs> like the thing that turned me on him was meeting him. You know, we ran into each other at a Hope Week event in 2010, and he was the nicest guy in the world. And I was like, wait a minute, you're supposed to be a douchebag. <laughs> and everybody said to me, well, was he an asshole? And I couldn't tell them fast enough that, no, he's not. <laughs> you know, he literally blew off like a group of 30 reporters to talk to me for 10 minutes about baseball. And he had every opportunity to walk away. He had every opportunity to take his picture, shake my hand and walk away. And he didn't. And he was personable and he was kind and he was interested in what I had to talk about. And he was the exact opposite of what every single person in the media paints him to be. And that's exactly the day that I was like, you know what? No matter what happens, I'm going to support this dude. So then all the other stuff came, you know, and he went on the suspension and I knew he was going to be out for a while. And you know, the time was ticking, you know, it was coming. Uh, he's definitely going to make the return. And the, the season was over. And then I had the idea for the shirt, showed my wife the picture, I drew it out on a napkin. And as usual, she said to me, I don't get it. And when she says to me, I don't get it, I said, I know I have a winner. <laughs> <laughs> we went out and made it. And it was cool because I, I want to support him. I want to show him the love uh, because I think he needs it. And like I said, I'll, I'll always support the guys who are going out there and busted it. He could have easily walked away a hundred times over. He got more money than he ever needs. He doesn't need to be out there working hard. Uh, you know, put his body through. He's an old man with bad hips. He doesn't need it, but he's doing it because he has to prove a point. And if you're going to go out there to prove people wrong, that that alone is a reason to get behind him. Not to mention that you know he's trying to help your team win. <laughs> That's the thing that that gets me the most when people are like, oh, "I'm not going to root for him. I'm going to boo him." Like, <laughs> why in the world would you boo a guy on your own team, <laughs> especially a guy who's got a fragile psyche to begin with? Like, yes, your skill is required to play baseball, but a tremendous amount of confidence is also required. And to hamper anyone's confidence in this game is silly, especially when they're trying to make your team win. You know, we've always said one of the things we love out in the bleachers is heckling, you know, the other team. Part of the reason to do that is to get at the other guy's confidence. You know, if I can get in somebody's head and make you miss a fly ball and make you take your eye off the game for half a second, then we feel like we've contributed. The same should go in reverse. You know, this guy knowing that he has some fans behind him, should maybe give him a little bit, hey, you know what, maybe I'm working for something. All those nights I'm busting my ass in the gym all winter, that's worth something. You know, and in the end, hopefully it leads us somewhere because really in the end, that's really all you want. You, you want us to win. I've been calling this season the season of optimism, and I feel like as a Yankees fan, you have to be optimistic given as many uh, question marks and unknowns there are with this team, and they need so many things to hit and go their way uh, to have a successful season. And uh, the one person, you know, when you talk about A-Rod and getting the hate mail and, uh, you know, you've never gotten that before, and you seem to be an optimistic guy who doesn't really rag on any of the players, is always trying to get behind them and hope they do well. But when it comes to Mark Desher, I, I feel like, you know, that's the one guy where people don't really have an issue with getting on because of the effort he's given and the money he's making and the sort of way he's worked himself out of the lineup uh, the last couple of years with injuries that other people might have played through. So, you know, for you, as one of the faces of Yankees fans, what are your, what's your take on Mark Teixeira? You're, you are the funniest dude on the world, in the world, man. You know me very well. Uh, obviously, we have a, a lot of the same um, you know, thoughts and sensibilities as Yankee fans, uh, and it's very funny how you brought that up. 
<laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm going to go with. Uh, I need. I know right. you need those executions to happen. I look. I I support Yankee fan. I support the Yankees always, right? And I am a sucker for the optimism of spring. Okay, you know this. A lot of people do know this about me. Uh, I think that maybe the new thing, maybe being gluten free, the gluten free, <laughs> dude, the gluten gluten holds you back, man. It's binding. <laughs> I get it. I, I mean. Look, the gluten is big. Broccoli, no fun diet. Uh, I mean, I'm all about the no fun diet myself. Um, I have not eaten any fun in in a really, really long time, uh, and I think that's been my key to success. Uh, and hopefully, it's the key to success. I, I mean, look, I, I again, we have we wanted. I, I'd like him to to use his veteran abilities and his veteran talents um, for what they should be used for uh, on this team. A little bit of leadership. Uh, playing by example, I would like to see a little bit more of the gunniness and the grittiness that we speak of. Um, I, you know, the ball's in his court. It's, it's the show improves now. Uh, he, he talks a very good game, and I love him to death. And there's nobody I want to see, uh, you know, succeed more than, than our corner infield. Let's put it that way. Well, with all the uh, the question marks uh, going in this season, it seems like pretty much just a continuation of what we've dealt with the last two years, and those two years ended with us chasing uh, a second wild card, birth, wild card birth that never happened, and uh, no postseason baseball now since uh, uh, that ALCS against the Tigers in 2012, which uh, I think everyone wants to forget, but entering this season now, um, once again, the third year in the row, the Yankees need a lot of uh, things to sort of go their way. It's almost like uh, one massive parlay they need to hit, so well, you know, what's your level of comfort and, and your expectations uh, entering the season? I think really it's going to depend on the durability of our of our players, especially uh, of our pitching staff. I think that, uh, especially last year, kind of bit us real hard. You know, the big guys going down that that really that's really tough. You know, <laughs> so yeah. I think I think everybody's staying healthy, and it's pretty unfortunate to see some some guys getting the injury bug already. You know, Brandon Ryan not, not starting this season, uh, and it really when would you ever think say Think that you would say the sentence Brendan Ryan not starting the season on the <laughs> roster is a big big deal, you know. What I mean? But yeah, that's kind of a big deal now, you know. And I, even guys like Jose Perella not coming, I, like there's just I, I don't want that to happen again because I feel like the injury thing has been our death the past couple of years. We've always had good teams. Um, I think we always put it on paper really well. I think we always start the season with enough components. And like we were talking about earlier, this nobody's going to run away with the AL East. I'm not really afraid of any team. I think we can compete um, very well, as a matter of fact. I think we can compete if everybody stays healthy and if everybody plays their capability. You know, I, I think the biggest, biggest one, one, two, three, would be Pineda, Tanaka, and Jason. And not in that order, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, those three guys are, are, would be my biggest Biggest question mark for the year. All right, Vin. Well, uh, I look forward to uh, seeing you outside the stadium on Monday. And uh, anyone who's not at the stadium can't stop by Bald Vinny's house at Tees. You can check him out at baldvinny.com. Vin, thanks for coming on. And uh, we'll have to check in, uh, obviously, throughout the summer as the season goes on. And uh, it's good to have baseball back. It's definitely good to have baseball back. Thank you, as always, for having me on. And I guess we'll see what happens on mon- Monday in terms of uh, – Roll calls will make some noise out there, but uh, I guess just tune in to find out, right? Yeah, that sounds good to me. All right, thanks again. All right, man, I'll talk to you, Ben.